In roller derby, holding space is an empowering, often intimidating act of strength and strategy for oneself and or teammates. Holding Space, the podcast, clears the floor for conversations that touch upon race, class, identity, and privilege to amplify stories, build community, and make more connections in the skate world. Expect lots of smart, dope skate people musing about life on and off eight wheels and silliness. Can't forget the silliness that you never knew you needed and won't be able to live without. This is Holding Space with Magical Wheelism. Welcome. y'all. On today's episode, we have Minnesota roller derby skater Hertrude Stein. The 10-year vet reflects on the road back to gameplay post-pregnancy and also shares what she holds as her post-pandemic derby visions for herself and the collective. Trudy translates some of her namesake Gertrude Stein's sage wisdom into derby too. But before we begin, I just want to wish all the mothers in every sense of the word in skating, derby, and the world a wonderful day. You keep the world on its axis. You are the trucks to our wheels. You are awesome how are you adjusting to all of this covid sort of madness and and also how did your league respond well we had our most recent bout on march i want to say the ninth that might not be right though it was on the seventh i think the week after that we kind of decided like this is getting a little bit scary and we don't really feel like we should be exchanging germs with each other And so let's just cancel practices. Things are sort of suspended indefinitely. Yeah. Seems like a wait and see for everyone. Yeah. What, um, how big is is Minnesota? Like the league, not the the, the Um, state. (laughs) How big is the, yeah. yeah, How big is your league? (laughs) We have a pretty big league. We have four home teams with 20 skaters on each team. And then, you know, we have a whole ref crew and, a big volunteer organization. We also have a recreational league called the Windchill, and they, gosh, they're probably 80 strong. And then we also have a junior league called the Frostbite, and they have 20 to 30 skaters, I think. So we're a pretty big league. Um, How many travel teams? We're, we have an A and a B team. So that's about, I think we have like 38 people on the team this year. Nice. Or within the training program. That's awesome. And you said that you're just wrapping up your home season. When does that run? How long? Our home season runs from October through April. And we have one bout per month. Um, And so we have like a round robin type competition between our four home teams. And then we have one semifinal in February and then a championship in March. And then the last bout of the season is usually an all-star bout. So we'll do an A and B double header against somebody and this year we were going to play Madison which was really exciting but not to be so what is the rationale for ending in April does that mean that the rest of the time is devoted to travel team stuff yep okay we're an original Wusta league and so our bout our season has just sort of been the way that it's been for like 15 years and before there were travel teams or like a Wufta season, we just decided that there's nothing, there's nothing really to do in Minnesota in the winter. So it makes sense for us to hold our bout from October to April, because that's when people want to be inside doing something. In the summer in Minnesota, you can't get anybody to come to anything. 
they're all up north at their cabin or wherever. Ah, okay, that's cool. Oh yeah. So yeah, it's kind of a holdover from a from another time, and it just works for us. But it's kind of difficult when it comes to competitive seasons overlapping a home season and the beginning of an all star season, and then towards the end of the competitive season or of the travel season, you'll butt into the next home season. So if you're not careful, you will never get an off season. But I love that it's kind of like in sync with like the regional and cultural calendar too, you know? Yeah. That's really cool. So how many years have you been playing with Minnesota? And I I guess we could just dovetail into your like derby and skating origin story. So if you want to just hit me with that. Yeah. Okay. I've been playing for 10 years with Minnesota the whole time. And I found out about roller derby. It was, I'm like a a whippet generation skater. So I think it was just sort of a cultural moment. And I kept hearing about roller derby and I Googled Minnesota and roller derby and found Minnesota roller girls. And I watched some really like grainy YouTube clips of what they were doing and signed up for tryouts and that was just kind of it and I just thought you know I I miss being a part of a team and doing something physical and I want to meet new people and maybe I'll do this for like six months and then try something else it became an obsession and (laughs) and now yeah 10 years later I met my husband playing roller derby have a baby we had a wedding and it was like 60 percent roller derby people it took over my, I feel like I, I joined at the right time in my life. Yeah. I joined when I was about 23 and then it's just like, it's been a part of my adult life moving forward, like since I left college. So yeah. Dope. Um, Dope. And I was actually, yeah. I was watching some like old games and I was like, Trudy is an athlete. Did you used to play sports? I did. I played a lot of sports growing up. I was like, like, I see. I had really strict parents, and so I feel like (laughs) the only way I could hang out with friends was by playing sports. So I just played like all of them, and so I played like (laughs) basically something every season. I was trying to do Uh, like soccer, softball. I think my two favorite. I played hockey my whole life, like from age three to. 18 basically until I went to college and I played rugby in high school and those were my two favorites I really loved rugby and I wish that I had found that sport sooner but it was a very a very new sport for Minnesota Um, my best friend's mom used to play in college and she decided to put a team together and then you know there were like eight teams in the entire state and I don't know but it was great it really uh, playing that sport really increased my penalty minutes uh, when I went back to playing hockey, unfortunately, <laughs> that, was I do tra- feel that, like- <laughs> that part of the sport translated or, or maybe too well. <laughs> yeah. I do feel like that was one thing that attracted me to roller derby where I was like, okay, well it's like skating, which is great. I like doing that, but also it's like hitting, which is what I really enjoy doing. <laughs> it is. It's kind of like the marriage of hockey and rugby for sure. Yeah. That's cool. Is any of it reminiscent of like of other sports that you've played? Yeah, I think I played, well, I played defense when I played hockey. And so I feel like someone described it as like having cheat codes in your brain for roller derby, your skating skills, because I do feel like sometimes I'm playing hockey and like, I don't know what to do with my hand. Like there should be a stick in it or something. 
especially like when I'm skating backwards. I remember when everyone started skating backwards and like blocking backwards, I was like, oh, I already know how to do this. This is great. I feel like it's influenced my defensive game pretty significantly just because of the way that I used to play hockey with playing the body and taking the body and all of that kind of stuff. I feel like hockey and like playing defensively in hockey is a lot of angles and a lot of like trying to cut your opponent off. And Mm -hmm. that translates really well to roller derby, I suppose, because Mm -hmm. we're working Mm -hmm. with angles all the time. Sure. No, that's, that's, I can see it for sure. Was this your first season back since your pregnancy? Yep. Yep. First season back. How has it been? Well, let me just backtrack a little and give context. We connected because I saw a tweet that you posted about, you know, having some insight and and some thoughts post-pregnancy as a derby player and derby skater. And so I DM'd you and asked if you might want to come on and talk about it and chat it up and have the space. And you graciously agreed. So here we are. And I wanted to kind of ask you, how has that been for you? It's been an interesting experience, very humbling experience. How so humbling? I Do you mean totally like, sh- like physically or emotionally? Yeah, or? like very like physically humbling. <laughs> yeah. And I think I wasn't really sure that I wanted to come back after I was pregnant. And then I kind of, I realized I just keep, keep playing another season until I, <laughs> I keep realizing that I'm not done and that I feel like I have something that I want to do. And so I keep playing until I, hopefully someday I'll feel like I'm finished. But while I was pregnant, I felt like I want to challenge myself to come back to skate and coming back. It, it was really hard. I had an emergency C-section, which made my recovery a little bit difficult. And if anybody listening has had an emergency C-section, you know what I'm talking about. It's like not that great. I knew that I wanted to come back again. I got on skates again for the first time at like six weeks after birth. But it was just like I'm putting my skates on and I'm going to roll around at practice. And it was like very exhausting. I don't think I even made it through the warm up. My feet hurt. My ankles hurt. I felt like unstable. And I thought, okay, well, that's the first day. That's done. That's and then attitude. I decided to just kind of keep. Yeah. <laughs> that's really, I feel like how I've gotten through it is to just say like, that's one more day that we have gotten on skates and we have tried because it was very I don't know how else to describe being pregnant, like going from being very athletic to becoming pregnant. It's just like your whole body feels like it's broken down and slowed down completely. Like you get so slow by the end of your pregnancy, like you move so slowly. And then to kind of like watch yourself, I used, I would like watch a game of me. I didn't do this very often, but like I would watch a game of me and it was just like this weird disconnect between like I can't believe my body used to be able to do that and I can barely like roll out of my own bed right now but the journey like yeah the journey from like recovering from pregnancy and like recovering from the surgery to getting back onto skates was definitely like a one day at a time sort of process and I decided not to go back to contact until I think I was three months postpartum and I decided I want to try it, practice and see how it feels. And that went okay. It definitely felt like everyone was 
100 times stronger than I was and my brain would know what to do but like my body just like couldn't get there I feel like I lost like all of the muscles that would help me like move laterally they just like weren't there anymore it was a really bizarre kind of surreal experience Mm. um so yeah there was a lot of like feel like a lot of frustration I think initially the first maybe month or two of like trying to get my roller derby legs back just to like be able to move where I knew where I needed to be. What did they tell you medically? Like what are the doctors, what kind of instructions do you get to, to be able to return or what kind of guidance are you given? Well, you're not given very much guidance. Hmm. Um, To be fair, I didn't really ask because (laughs) I kind of knew that I wouldn't get very much. Uh, I know that after you give birth, you'll usually have an appointment like a week this is for this is in the US you'll have a an appointment like one week after and they'll kind of check on you and see how you're doing and then you'll have an appointment around like 6 or 7 weeks where they'll like medically clear you and I'm doing air quotes right now they'll like medically clear you for activity or not and so they'll check for a couple of things like basically they're just trying to check to make sure that your physical wounds are healing from birth so like they checked my incision which was healing fine and they'll like feel around your abdomen and make sure that your ab muscles are coming back together or whatever and then they're like okay just don't do too many sit-ups at once that's sort of the advice that you get and so like just listen to your body there's not a whole lot of like instruction and I also feel like there's not any really for like women who are playing a contact sport or coming back from pregnancy to play a contact sport on the internet because I looked I looked for advice and there's a lot there's a lot of information relatively speaking about women who want to go back to weightlifting and like CrossFit and that kind of stuff so that was one of that was something yeah that was something that I sort of followed I got a postpartum pregnancy program for CrossFit actually and so because I had been doing CrossFit prior to becoming pregnant so I was like okay this is like, like the closest thing I could get yeah mm-hmm. so I did that and that was helpful I think that really helped me like like steering recon- though. yeah like kind of reconnect with my body and like heal my rehab my abdomen a little bit and like become a little bit more physically confident but then from there just kind of tried to stick with that program but also just I don't know like listen to my body which is not always the best advice but you kind of you just got to do what you're comfortable doing and I know I've talked to a lot of my friends who have had babies and who've come back to play roller derby and it's kind of the same thing where you're just like I'm just gonna try and skate and see what happens because there's just not a lot of guidance and you're like, I don't really know what to do. Like, I feel fine. So I'm just going to start skating and see what happens. I thought that you were going to say that the just doctors aren't familiar with roller derby and that's why they wouldn't have very much insight or guidance. But just as a blanket statement of like women in contact sports, that's wild. That's amazing. That's so yeah. interesting. And I'm, I mean... You kind of never know. I don't know if you've had this experience and you've gone to a doctor with an injury from roller derby. You kind of never know what they think roller derby is in their mind. And like mm-hmm. 
without like getting a YouTube video out and saying like this is what I'm doing with myself. Like, or you have to like counter it with you have to counter their image with a YouTube video of what it actually is. Like, it's not just roller skating, or like it's not like it's not like WWE, and it's not just roller skating. What I'm doing is that. Do you see a problem with that? Maybe you could just tell them that you play hockey or something and they would be like, no, yes or no, or do this or do that. But I don't know. Yeah. Like even the, I, I did have like a sprain and, you know, first of all, like whenever you mention the word roller derby, like you can just, at least here in New York, like the, their faces light up with like theatrical campiness <laughs> and mm-hmm. like of like the back in the day era. Right. And then, yeah. But like even like the sports medicine doctors really didn't have a a grasp of of what it is exactly what it all entails. What was your biggest adjustment? I yeah, I think it's just I don't have any time for the athlete part of me anymore. That was like I think that's been the biggest adjustment. I used to have a lot of time for that person. I could work out and I could cross train and like I could make these plans for myself. But now it's like we don't have time for that. Like we go to practice and it better be at like 150% intensity because this is like the only time in the day that I have to work out. And like when I go home, I'm going to sleep or when I go home, I got to take care of my son. So I think the biggest adjustment for me is just like I don't have this extra sort of discretionary time in my life to really take care of that part of me or to put a lot of energy into like complicated workouts I don't have time to work out for like an hour or like drive to the gym and work out for an hour like I work out in my basement now for like 30 minutes while my son is napping that's sort of like the biggest adjustment for me which is like not a bad problem to have obviously like I feel very lucky that we have the space in our house for me to do that it's just, there's just no time now. I used to hear people say that before I had kids, like, I don't have any time to do this, or I don't have any time to do that. And I was like, there's always time, isn't there? And then I was like, no, there's no time. (laughs) There's no time anymore. When we are at practice, I want to be practicing. Like, I don't want to be messing around to like, I feel very serious about this time. I have chosen to be here away from my family. This is what I want to be doing. So let's, Let's not mess around at practice. I think that's maybe the biggest adjustment. That's It's just a, a different way of thinking about my free time. Have you felt that your league supported you? Yeah, I think the league has been really supportive. Like we have had a lot of pregnant people the last two or three seasons. And so I feel like I have the benefit of that. I wasn't like the first one or something. I think one thing that they do really well is they're very hands-off about being pregnant. Like there are no policies around pregnating. Like, as I have connected with more people who have been pregnant, I've found out that there are some leagues that say like, once you find out you're pregnant, you have to stop skating and, or, you know, like you can't be on skates at all. Like you can't do contact at all. I don't know. I don't really like that. I feel like people need to make their own determinations about their body. And if you're going to skate or not, like that should be between you and your doctor and whatever you're comfortable doing. So I feel like in that respect, our league has been really supportive in that they're just like, you do you, like, you be here if you want to be here, if you want to help out coaching, if you want to be on skates, just to be on skates, that's fine, like, do whatever you want. So I think that's a really great policy to have because pregnancy is very personal. I don't think we need to be making 
you know, policies about people's bodies. You're adults too. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. You also want to like keep, let people keep their autonomy. They're yeah. literally like their bodily autonomy and like yeah. ability to decision make. So I totally hear you. That's good. And what about, do you feel supported as a derby skater by derby? You know, like, do you feel that derby does enough to support pregnant skaters or, you know, skaters who have been pregnant? I don't know. I I feel like as a sport, we're pretty decentralized. And so it's kind of like where I feel the support I feel from my own league. And I mean, I am also sponsored by Rydell and they were really great about my pregnancy. And they were like, you know, as long as you want to, like, we're here for you. So just keep us in the loop. So I feel like, again, like they were really hands off about it too. Like we're happy for you and you do what you want to do and we'll be there for you when you're ready. So I felt personally really supported, which is lucky because they have read a lot of things about people who have had very bad experiences with their leagues, which really breaks my heart because it's such a hard time. Like what sort of things? You don't have to name names, obviously, but like, like what are some examples of like bad experiences? Oh, just people feeling like they're sh- like they're closed out of their league because they're not an like active skater. Like they're not invited to help run mm. practices or like be a part of drills or that kind of thing. You know, people again, like people making policies where like you can't if we know that you're pregnant, you can't be on skate, so you can't be a part of this or that. Or once they have their baby, like your baby's not allowed at any of our team functions or that kind of thing, which is I don't know, that's crazy to me. Like how do you how do you have a team of adult people without allowing children in some capacity? Right. Yeah, I can see that. I don't have children myself, but I can imagine when you've gone through pregnancy and are a new parent, it's such a huge part of your world and life. Yeah. That you, how did you, how do you just have to like kind of coordinate off or like, you just really can't, I'm sure. I was also wondering in terms of like your mindset as an athlete, as a skater, have you found coming back that anything's changed? I think it's more difficult. So I can give you an example. At our last home game, my husband was there with our baby and they were walking around in sort of the back area where everyone is getting warmed up and skating and I could just like see them. And it was just like, I was like fighting kind of like a Jekyll and Hyde about like trying to get ready for my game, but then also seeing my baby and my baby's crying and my husband is like walking with him trying to make him fall asleep. And I was like, I can really not focus on what I'm supposed to be doing because I'm just like in mom mode right now, like worrying about my baby. And, but I'm also supposed to be like getting into this mindset of playing a really intense game. So I think in that respect, it's hard. And I'm still trying to figure out how to get into the right headspace how to maybe compartmentalize a little bit to get into the right competitive headspace. That's definitely like a challenge for me, I think, moving forward and something that I want to work on because it's it's hard to be like, to be the way that you need to be like with your own child and then to go to play roller derby and to hit people. I find that difficult in some respect. So I have to, I have to figure that one out, I think, getting into the right athletic mind space. But yeah, mm. that's a tricky one. No, I bet. Wow. That must be some like such dissonance in the moment, I'm sure. But can I just say that the little babies at at the games with the big old headphones are just the cutest (laughs) things ever. I love seeing them. Adorable. 
Anyway. Yeah, they're <laughs> so confused. They're like, uh-huh. where am I? Yeah. <laughs> but when they get it, they get it. Like, you know, after yeah. a couple of times, they pick up and understand. It becomes their normal very quickly, and it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Derby babies are awesome. Why Gertrude Stein? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I no. was an English major in college, and so and, uh, I started playing when the Two Evils website was up, and I had a lot of name ideas, but they were always too similar to someone else's name. And I was reading Gertrude Stein for a class, and the idea of like Gertrude Stein and roller derby just made me laugh for some reason. Um, And then I, I don't know, like I didn't, I didn't go into this with this name, like thinking it would be my identity like 10 years later. And if I had, if I had known I would, that I am where I am now, I would probably have chosen like a different name or like a shorter name but but I'm I just choose to stick with it now because it still kind of makes me laugh totally it's a great (laughs) visual (laughs) it's like I love her she's like so but she's like so confident and so strange and also inventive and she just really believed in herself too which is something that I feel I try to embody I, I suppose Nice. I, I have like a lot more imposter syndrome than that she does, but that was something that attracted me to her as a person, I guess, as a historical person. No, and it's a really good like aspirational model, if that's the case, right? Like a very yeah. good kind of like mentor, or what would they say, like patroness or something? Yeah, she used to say that she thought that her writing would have as big of an impact as Shakespeare and Jesus Christ. Yes. Like, that's how, that's how much she believed in herself. And I just thought that was so like, just amazing. Hell not, yeah. not that I, that's a little bit like over the top for me. As You're a just like a but... little lower than Jesus, like the next, <laughs> the yeah. next rung under. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's amazing, especially for a woman to own that kind of like braggadocious nature. At the time, too, like for her to say that and to own that and to be that kind of a person. (laughs) Yeah. And so, okay, speaking of old Trudy meeting new Trudy, I thought of like this game (laughs) (laughs) in which Gertrude Stein meets Hertrude Stein. (laughs) So I'm looking at Gertrude Stein quotes. My challenge to you is to turn them into derby quotes. Are you game? Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the first quote, one must dare to be happy. One must dare to be happy. One must dare to be... I'm so bad at this. It's your first try. I know. I feel like that one is pretty perfect the way that it is. Okay. So I had some time to think about it. And you know what I... My thought was... Hmm. One must dare to be crappy, right? Like, okay. you know, to like learn and to like, you know, because I feel like oh, sometimes, yeah. because like sometimes it's really hard to not be perfect at things and to, and to, you don't have to make a rhyme, but I just was like, you would, you should dare to not be good at something so that you can be better, right? Yeah, you're really good at this. No, I'm not. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it, it's also a game this that I invented. <laughs> so. This is good advice for me. I got to dare to be crappy at this game. Dare to be crappy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That'll be the tone. I really like it. <laughs> okay, good. Yes. All right. 
All right. So and, and some of them, maybe you can't, maybe you can do like a pass if you want. Okay. We'll just keep right. going. Okay. Okay. Now I know the rules. I'm, I'm in for it. So. <laughs> Making them as a go. Okay. All right. Okay. You ready for number two? Um, yeah. We are always the same age inside. <laughs> you're always the same age inside, but your knees are 100 years old. Nice. Yes. Look at you. You're, 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 you're natural. <laughs> yeah. It takes a lot of time to be a genius. You have to sit around so much doing nothing, really doing nothing. It takes a lot of time to be a genius. You got to sit around watching footage all the, literally just watching footage all the time. That's all I do. Okay. I like that wasn't, it. That wasn't as good. No, that was perfect though. You sit around watching footage. Just that, yeah, I love it. Everybody knows if you are too careful, you are so occupied in being careful that you are sure to stumble over something. <laughs> Everybody knows that the minute you start thinking about your footwork, you're going to fall. Ooh, truly. Yeah. Let, me, let me find out. You're like, you're such a sage. I love it. <laughs> All right. You look ridiculous if you dance. You look ridiculous if you don't dance. So you might as well dance. If they play music in between the jams and everyone else starts dancing, you better start dancing or you'll look like an idiot. Yes. Okay. Oh my God. That's that's one that I have yet to put into practice, but I know it to be true. Wait, so does that mean that you dance automatically? I do not dance. When other people start dancing, I have such a hard time dancing like in the middle of a game because I'm so amped up and then people start like relaxing and dancing and it just like drives me insane. But really I should just like (laughs) let it go and stop being such a like, you know, I I feel being so intense about it, but it's hard. Sure. I, but I, you know, I feel both ways because like someone has to be that person. Someone has to be like the, the stickler with the iron spine, whatever that means. I don't know. (laughs) So it's okay. Okay. Stop dancing. dancing. Get in the mood. If you can't say something nice about anyone else, come sit next to me. (laughs) (laughs) That one's just so perfect the way it it is. It is. Yeah. You can't uh, say something nice about somebody posted in Derby Hell. I hell don't know. yeah. Okay. In the morning, there is meaning. In the evening, there is feeling. In the morning, there is food. And in the evening, there is food. Oh, okay. I like <laughs> it. All right. Let me see. That was really stupid, but that's how I feel. <laughs> Gotta eat. Writing and reading is, to me, synonymous with existing. Writing and eating is to me synonymous with existing. I forgot I could pass on some of these. I'm gonna pass on that one. That one's hard. Oh, okay. I was gonna say I thought you were gonna say eating and eating is synonymous with eating and eating is synonymous <laughs> with eating. With existing. <laughs> yeah. Um a very important thing is not to make up your mind that you are any one thing. Ooh, that one's dope. Yeah. Uh, I feel like in roller derby. A very important thing is to make up your mind about what position you're going to play. Huh. Tell me more. Well, like everybody, they want to be like a triple threat or whatever, but I feel like you should specialize. Specializing. What's your specialty? If if we're going to drill down into specifically what I like, I like to be a brace. And yeah, I like to be a pivot and a brace. That's what I like. I say, yeah. That is my, that's what I prefer. 
your footage co-signs that. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely is your strength. Listen to me and not to them. <laughs> that one's kind of perfect. That one's the, exactly the way that it, I can <laughs> make that any better for when you're a track leader on the track. Like, listen yes. to me. That might be your event overlap, you and Gertrude <laughs> and Gertrude. <laughs> I know. I feel like that one speaks to me from like a, if you have a teammate that likes to talk a lot of shit on the track, huh. where you're like, stop talking to the other team. Look at me. Me. Only me. <laughs> Listen yeah, to me. Play, play with me. Stop talking to them. Yes. <laughs> You attract what you need like a lover. Hmm. I guess <laughs> stick to that jammer like a lover. Oh, okay. Look that's at a little you. weird. I don't know. That's a little no, weird, that's, but... that's good, though. I like it. I took it as like you attract what you need like a teammate, mm-hmm. like a butt buddy. I don't know. But you channeled Trudy. You channeled Gertrude into that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this one is like Gertrude play derby there is no such thing as repetition only insistence again like there's so much crossover there really is there really is you have to know what you want to get it hmm i'm saying Mm. yeah she's speaking to me she really is i can't improve upon perfection the way that she said yeah no All right. So I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> Thank okay. you so much for indulging me. That was awesome. Oh, that was great. Given that you're such a vet of like 10 years and what have you in Derby, what would you like to see more of? Just generally speaking. Yeah. Or however you interpret the question. I feel like I've gone through a couple of different waves of roller derby and each of them has been kind of interesting and unique. Which waves? Tell um, me the waves that you've noticed. Well, I feel like there was, I started in this wave of like, you just have to be a good skater. Like all you got to do is just like be good at skating and skate forward and, and hit people. And we'll do like a four wall and that's like complicated strategy. And then all of a sudden we started doing, manipulating the rules a little bit more and doing things like knee starts and then playing together a lot more. And then people started making shapes and there was that whole wave of roller derby where defense became difficult and gosh where are we now even like the game has just become so dynamic over the years which is really exciting and has made it really fun to play because it's so physical and I think every year people have gotten like physically stronger which is also really fun I think like we've taken it to a really cool place where people are like very athletic and very strong and using their brains quite a lot and strategically things are very interesting but I don't know I think I'm not alone in like wanting the game to be played a little bit more safely I think because it is so dynamic I feel like the opportunity for injury has increased quite a bit and so I've had one or two concussions in my career and I know that a lot of people have been having concussions and there's been a lot of discussion about that and so hopefully I don't have any solutions obviously about how to like fix the game so that it's a little bit safer. But I would love for us to figure out a balance between the like strength and intensity that we have now with gameplay that doesn't injure people. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. What would you like to see less of? I have the same, a lot of the same answers. A lot of people like, I want to see fewer head injuries and fewer mm-hmm. blowouts. And I want to see like more close games. Nice. 
I, I'm yeah. with it. I'm with it. Yeah. Same teams and the fun. <laughs> like more variety. No, yeah, more, more like parody, I guess. And yeah, sure. No, that's true. So whenever we have this behind us, what would you say your post-pandemic therapy vision is? I would just like us to embrace how amazing this sport is to travel and to play against people that you would never normally meet or play against. I think when you get into the swing of playing competitively on a team and traveling and doing all of this year after year, you can start to take it for granted that it's always going to happen and you're going to keep playing. And so this has been a really nice pause, I think, and reset. And hopefully we all kind of feel that collective pause and reset and that when we get to play each other again, we are really grateful for that opportunity because we have something very special. Yeah, my derby vision would be that we just all that we just all have the best time and a, a very close game and a very fun after party. Nice, thank you. And so, what about as an individual? Would you would you say that there's anything that you want to maybe keep doing work I, on? Yeah. I'm just always interested in pushing myself like that much further physically. And I know, especially taking, I think the last time I played a Woofie game was maybe like 18 months ago. And so I would love to just like be at that level again. And so to continue to push myself to recover and to get stronger, I feel like I'm chasing an old version of myself, but I want to bring that old version into the present and maybe bring some of my mom's strength out. That's really what I'm looking forward to. I like to wrap up by um, asking people their favorite self-care tip. What is my favorite self-care tip? What have I been doing this week? I think my favorite self-care tip is, I think just to like forgive yourself when things don't go the way that you think they should have gone. I had practiced that a lot because I have kind of, I have a lot of high expectations for myself. And so I think, Sometimes things don't always go the way that I plan, but it's like very important to just forgive yourself a little bit if you need to and just say like, that's okay. Like treat yourself like a friend. Like you wouldn't hold that against a friend. Don't hold that against yourself. That's my favorite self-care tip. What would you like to hold space for? I just want to hold some space for all of the parents out there who are trying to be part of this community and trying to juggle their family life and their roller derby life and in addition to that, feeling all of the stresses that we're that we're all feeling right now because of the way that the world is. So I just want to hold a little bit of space for them because I know it's a intense time. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much. Last but not least, who's your MVP right now? I have two MVPs I Sweet. want to shout out. They're two of my teammates. They also had babies this year with me. And so I feel like our relationship with each other really deepened and was very important, I think, for being able to kind of weather the transition out of being a new mom, like coming back into roller derby and there, my teammates, Duggar and Poisonberry Pie. They also play for Minnesota on the all-star team. And they're two just amazing people. And I'm really inspired by how they've come back to skating. And I think that we all kind of support each other and help each other kind of figure out what it means to be an athlete after giving birth. So. Yeah, those are my two MVPs. Cool. Thank you so much for having me. It's like, I, I don't normally do things like this. And so it was, it was fun. 
All right, folks, well, there you have it. Holding Space with Magical Wheelism is available on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and YouTube. Help the pod grow by subscribing and sharing it with friends. Rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts also helps others find us. Follow the pod on Instagram at Holding Space with Magic Pod. Intro and outro music is by Sun Searcher. The song is called Latin Rhythm. And the cover photo is by James Corbett of Epic Life Images. Find him at Epic Life Images on Instagram. See you next time. Bye.